This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Our first feature tonight answers the request of several listeners, including a nice guy who came up to me uh, when I was out of the Zoomer show this year. Uh, first name was Jim. He just wanted to say how much he enjoyed listening to these gems of the golden age of radio, particularly those of a Western or cowboy flavor. A number of folks will be happy to hear tonight that we're going to begin tonight's offerings with a visit to the Cisco Kid and his pal Poncho. You know, as a kid, I only remember the TV show, and I was amazed at how far back the series began in radio. For his portrayal of the kid in the early sound film in Old Arizona 1928, Werner Baxter won the second Best Actor Oscar. And this film was a revised version of the original story in which the kid is portrayed in a positive light. It was directed by Irving Cummings and Raoul Walsh, who was originally slated to play the lead until... A jackrabbit jumping through a windshield cost him an eye while on location. Ooh, send shivers down my spine. The Cisco Kid was created by O. Henry in his 1907 short story, The Caballero's Way, published in the collection Heart of the West, as well as in Everybody's Magazine, July 1907. In films, radio, and television, the Kid was depicted as a heroic Mexican caballero, even though he was originally a cruel outlaw. In the early shows, Cesar Romero took over the lead role of Cisco, and Martin continued to play the uh, then-sidekick Gordito in six further films before the series was suspended with America's entry into World War II in 1941. Duncan Rinaldo took over the reins as the kid when Monogram Pictures revived the series in 1945 with The Cisco Kid Returns, which also introduced the kid's best-known sidekick, Poncho, played by Martin Garalaga. When Duncan Ronaldo then returned to TV, the role of Leo Carrillo as Pancho, uh, the Cisco Kid, from 1950 to 56. And, and here's a great trivia question. What was the first TV series filmed in color? Well, you're right. It was the Cisco Kid. And here's another. What was Pancho's Palomino horse's name? If you said Loco, you'd be right. The TV episodes in the 1994 movie, like the radio series, ended one or the other of them making a corny joke about the adventure they had just completed. They'd laugh, saying, Oh, oh, Pancho, oh, Cisco, before galloping off while laughing into the sunset, and Spanish-styled Western theme music was heard as the credits rolled. Uh, That Pancho and Cisco are Spanish nicknames for Francisco makes the sign-off with laughter an inside joke for Spanish speakers. Neither of these guys could speak fluent Spanish. So here we go back to the Old West for the Cisco Kid and his pal, Poncho. Here's adventure. Here's romance. Here's the famous Robin Hood of the Old West. 
Pancho! He's shaved! He is getting closer! This way, Pancho! Pomelo! The Cisco Kid! Now to tonight's exciting story of the Cisco Kid. The town of Rawhide, Arizona, was typical of many that flourished in the 1870s. Rough, tough, and wide open. And the center of activities was the Longhorn Saloon, owned by J.B. Trask. That's where our story opens. In one of the private rooms behind the bar, where a poker game is in progress. Young Bob Hilton looks across the table at Silk Larson, the gambler, and at Lynch Rogan, right-hand man for J.B. Trask. Then, he pushes another stack of chips into the pot. Call. And raise. I'll see you. That's too steep for me. I'm running. How about you, Silk? I'll string along. Cards, gentlemen? One. Two. And I'll play these. Won't do you no good, Silk. This time I got you. You deserve a pot, Mr. Hilton, but, uh... I don't think this is the one. 300 says it is. Well, I'm convinced. You two go ahead and lock horns. I'll see you 300 and raise your 500. 500? That just about claims me. Well, will you take IOU? You said yourself you're broke. How can you pay off if you lose? Well, I still got my ranch. That's worth, anyways, 5,000. There's a house rule against IOUs, Bob. J.B. won't stand for him. Well, now, uh, um, how much you got in front of you, Sale? About 5000 All right. Here's a deed to my ranch. I'll put it up against your pile of chips. How's that? How about it, Lynch? You must be pretty sure of yourself, Bob. You betcha I'm sure. That's the last thing I got in the world. It's, it's all or nothing now. If that's the way he wants it, Silk, go ahead. I'll answer for J.B. All right. Hey, uh, Mr. Hilton, I'm Colin. What have you got? Four jacks. You lose. What? I'm sorry, but I have a straight flush. That's tough luck. Well, well that, that claims me, I guess. <laughs> Better luck next time, Mr. Hilton. Won't be no more next time. Uh. Guess it's back to punching cows for somebody else now. Everything I worked for for six years. Gone. Well, fortune's a war, I guess. I always admire to see a good loser, Bob. Well, I'm a good loser, all right. That's the best thing I do. Hmm. Five little cards. Five little pieces of cardboard nick. Wait a minute. There's something wrong? You bet you there's something wrong. These cards is marked. I wouldn't go saying things like that if I was you, Bob. Well, I am saying it, and I'm saying it loud. This deck is crooked. You're a liar. Hold it, Silk. You better take your loss like a man and get out of here, Hilton. You know what's good for you. Well, that's how J.B. Trask gets his money, huh? Hiring a crooked gambler and a gunman to take care of him. Well, this time it won't work. Give me back a deed to that ranch. You lost that ranch legitimate, Hilton. Now get out of here. I'm taking that deed with me. I'm taking it out of your hide. And traps, too. Hand over that deed or I'll... (laughs) Well, what do you know? He fainted. 
And all I did was pat him on the head. All right, boys, throw this tin horn out. Hey, what's all the excitement? I got something to say to you, Trask. Mr. Trask, don't listen to this crackpot. Well, what is this? You'll find out soon enough, Trask, if you don't know already. Outside, Silk. All right. I said outside, beat it. I'd like to call for you. All right. You're making a big mistake, Mr. Trask. Now, Bob, what is it? What's the beef? Look, Trask, I'm giving you a chance to explain something that I know you can't explain. I just want to make sure. You're talking a lot of words, Rancher. Suppose you get them to make sense. All right. I was framed in a crooked card game. Well, I wasn't. Oh, in I the know game. you wasn't playing, but two of your boys was, Silk and Lynch. And they won my ranch. They stole my ranch for you. Only you're giving the deed back to me. You sure are an excitable young fella, Bob. Excitable? Of course I am. Look at this card. Anybody can see it's marked. Now, how would you feel if you were swindled out of everything you own? Now, look, Trask. I'm giving you one last chance to make it right or You're giving me a chance. Maybe you forget I'm running this place. I ain't forgetting anything. I want that deed back and I want it now. I'll talk to you tomorrow after I see Silk. You'll talk to me right now. Watch your talk, cowpoke, or you'll go out through that window instead of the door. You ain't big enough, you cheap crooked lawyer. Now get out. You ask for trouble, you're going to get it. Drop that gun. Don't let go of my arm. Drop it. You're breaking my arm. Give me that. Next time you pull a gun, pick somebody that scares easier than J.B. Trask. I'll hit the breeze. I got no time to waste on pikers. <laughs> now, Mr. Trask, you're not going to take that cowwaddy's word against mine, are you? Well, I never heard of Bob Hilton's telling a lie. What do you got to say about this marked card? Well, uh... Maybe he put that deck in the game himself. Maybe he didn't. I run an honest game here, Silk. There's no room in my place for crooks. Oh, now, look, Mr. Trance. You can ask Lynch. He'll tell you. I've already sent for him. Hilton says the two of you were in on it together. Oh, sure, he'd say that. <laughs> sure, he would. Don't pay to lie to me, Silk. You wanted to see me, boss? Yes, come in, Lynch. Couldn't it wait until morning? Nope. Bob Hilton was just here. He was pretty hot about losing his ranch in the game with you and Silk tonight. He even pulled a gun on me, and I had to take it away from him. Mm. Well, one shot fired, huh? Yeah. He claimed you and Silk ran in a crooked deck on him. Well, what about it? Lynched. I said, what about it? Suckers are made to be trimmed, ain't they? Well, you done it, huh? Sure. You think it's the first time? You dirty double-crossing rat. I took you off a $30 a month job punching cattle and made you manager of this place. I gave you a chance to be somebody. I'm mighty grateful too, boss. But I figure you've done about all you can for me. From here on out, it's up to me, personal. What do you mean? It's been nice knowing you, Trask. But now it's time to say so long. You think you're going to get away with it? So long, boss. See you, Bob. See you, Bob. Hey, Roberto. 
Maybe he not home, Cisco. Then why would his horse be saddled outside the door? Uh, he is home. Uh-huh. He'd be glad to welcome his old amigos. Hey, Bob, open the door. I'm giving you just ten seconds to get away from my door, and then I'll start to shoot. <laughs> you see, I tell you he is home. See, si. but you sure he's glad to welcome us? Oh, pay no attention. He is only joking. For Pancho, the joke got too far. I warned you to get away from her. Senor Bob, this is your old friend Cisco. Put away the gun. Cisco? Well, why the Sam Hill didn't you say so? Why, you old son of a gun. <laughs> why didn't you yip sooner? And Pancho, how the heck are you, compadre? Hungry. <laughs> you put down the rifle and we eat, huh? Oh, this gun ain't for you. I thought it was somebody else knocking on the door. Why, it must have been seven or eight years since I seen you two. Come on in. Oh, it's a fine place you have here, amigo. Oh, it's a good place, all right. Whether I got it or not, ain't so sure yet. You not know if it's your own place or not? I lost it in a crooked poker game last night. That's why I got this gun. I am to make it hot for them if they try to take possession. Oh, this is bad, amigo. Hey, a rider is coming now. You think he's the man you speak of? Well, if it is, I can promise him a hot time. Bueno. Cisco and me, we make it hot, too. Well, it ain't Trask, that's for sure. I wonder... Whoever it is, he's wanting a star. You see, when the sun shines on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the sheriff, all right. I hadn't figured on that. Oh, 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 oh. Well, you better put down that shooting iron, Hilton. You won't get no worse by making trouble. So you're in on this, too, are you, Sheriff? I always thought you was an honest man. Never mind the talk. Just put down that gun. I guess I can't fight the law, too. All right. Take my ranch. I hope you're getting a big enough cut for doing this. I ain't interested in your ranch. It's you I want, Hilton. You're under arrest for killing J.B. Trask. Santo, it's a big fiesta they make for Bob, no? A judge, a jury, the whole courtroom. Why they never do all this for us, Cisco? Shh, the trial is about to begin. Like I said, when Silk won that ranch off of him, fair and honest, with a straight flush, Hilton started raising a squawk and claimed he'd been cheated. Everybody knows that J.B. always runs a square game, but Hilton swore he was going to get even. I didn't think nothing of it, and I nine after the place was closed up, I was waiting outside J.B.'s office to settle up with him. When Hilton forced his way past me and inside the office, I could hear him and J.B. talking, and Hilton was making threats. Then there was a shot, and Hilton came out alone. When I went in, there was J.B. Yes, sir. J.B. was laying there in the middle of the floor, stone dead. And beside him was Hilton's gun with one chamber empty. Well, after hearing what Silk Larson had... But I'm telling you, J.B. was trying to take the gun away from me and it went off. But it didn't hit nobody. When I left, he was alive and he was well. Well, if it wasn't your bullet that killed him, Mr. Hilton, then where is the bullet from your six-shooter? I don't know. Must have hit the wall somewhere. That room has been gone over inch by inch and there's no bullet hole. You fired that gun all right, Hilton, but you fired it into the body of J.B. Trask. If the bullet had been found, there might be some reason to believe your story.
Robert Hilton, uh, you have been found guilty of murder by a jury of your peers. And it is my painful duty to pronounce sentence on you. Uh, no use wasting time. Jail's crowded anyways. Uh, we'll hold the hanging the first thing tomorrow morning. Even though Bob Hilton is innocent of murder, all the evidence is against him. And with the hanging set for tomorrow morning, there's no time for Cisco and Pancho to find new evidence to save their friend. Cisco and Pancho stopped off to visit their old friend Bob Hilton, they found him in a peck of trouble. Bob had quarreled with J.B. Trask, proprietor of the Longhorn Saloon, and during a struggle for possession of Bob's gun, a shot had been fired. Nobody was hurt, but Trask kept the gun. Then, Trask was shot by his right-hand man, Lynch Rogan, and all the evidence, including the gun with one chamber empty, pointed to Bob as the murderer. His story of the gun being fired harmlessly might have been believed, except for the fact that no bullet hole could be found anywhere inside the room. So Bob was found guilty, and the judge has just said, Well, there's no use wasting time. Jail's crowded anyways. We'll hold the hanging the first thing tomorrow morning. <laughs> tomorrow morning? Mother and me are not waste the time of this town. Bob is innocent. Some way, Pancho, we must find a way to prove it. But there's no time, amigo. Then we make time. Come, Pancho. The sheriff is getting ready to take Bob back to the jail. We must hurry. Where we hurry to? Over by the door. And when we get there, you call me a name. Eh? A name, a name. Then I will hit you in the nose. Uh, must we do it this way? There is no time to think of another. Now. Cisco! You are a big-headed burro with the heart of a coyote. Eh? You have the brains of a pack rat in the face of a roadrunner. You are a... Why, you... Come out and fight, you big fat you. But Cisco, Pancho, not mad with you. So, you call me more names. Then take that... Come on, hit me, Pancho. Hey, you, amigo, but you say so. Oh. Hey, hey, you cut out that brawl on you, hey. too. Let the prisoner through. I pulled your nose off and throw it into your face. Cut it out now before I... Cisco, you hit the sherry. Bob, quick, out the side door. Hey, come back here. Stop. They're getting away with the prisoner. Hey, clear out of the way. How can I shoot at him with all you folks in the way? <laughs> Yeah, that's the one of the crass office right by the big tree. We're going to climb into the window, Cisco? No, Pancho. No? We look for that bullet out here. Uh -huh. You mean the bullet that was fired from my gun when I was fighting with trash? See, it was not found in the walls of the room, and it must have gone outside the room. Was this window open at the time? I, I don't know. I think so. Maybe we're going to plow up the ground for the one little bullet, huh? If it went into the ground, there's not much hope to find it. But if it went into this tree, Sando, then we prove that Senor Bobby tell the truth. See, uh -huh. and maybe we get him free for good. Oh, hey, that's a great idea, Cisco. If we are overheard, we lose the chance to prove you are innocent. Now, if the bullet came from inside the room, it would probably be about ten feet up on this side of the tree. Pancho, okay. up the tree you go. Uh, Pancho look like a squirrel. Huh? Do not argue. Put your foot here in my hand. Bob, uh, you take the other foot. Uh, we boost him up. Yeah. Uh, 
Don't worry, Poncho. It's a lot tougher on us than it is on you. I bet you weigh a ton. Uh, first the hard work and then the insults. Oh, well, full study now. Oh, we will. <laughs> if it's the fall, it smashes both. You go now. Come on. Amigo. You find the bullet, Poncho? No. Look harder, Poncho. It's got to be there. Move me a little to the side. See? Stop. Please, it's better if you both go to the same side. Poncho don't like the foot so far apart. This way, Bob. How about the bullet? Must have missed the tree. Look harder, Poncho. There's no such... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, you found it? Poncho, not sure, but... Bueno, bueno. Who's there? It's the sheriff. Pancho knew you would drop him. Uh, what are you fellas doing over there? Who are you? If he comes this way, amigos, run. Each in a different direction. He can only follow one of us. I'm telling you for the last time. Speak up. Now, run. Stop. Stop it out. Hold on there. I, I, I can't. Uh, let me go. Take your hands off of me. Why, Bob Hilton. Don't move, Bob. I got you covered. Well... I guess we can go ahead with that little necktie party tomorrow morning, just like we planned to. I've been waiting for you, Silk. Did you hear about him catching Bob Hilton again? Yes, yes, I did. He found that bullet of his, too, in the... Tree outside a trash window. Take it easy. That don't mean nothing. The sheriff claims Bob or some of his friends planted it there after the shooting to try and build up that story of his. But then they're... You're going ahead with the hanging? Why, sure they are, Silk. What are you so nervous about? Well, I, I just can't help thinking it might have been you or me. Cut that. Nobody's got a thing on us. From now on, you and me will run the Longhorn Saloon. And we'll make more money than Trask ever thought about. Him and his crazy ideas about keeping the place honest. Yeah, 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 sure. Just wanted to make sure you wasn't losing your nerve. I thought a couple of times there on the witness stand you was gonna turn yellow. Yeah, me? Oh, yeah, fat chance, huh? I mean, this is deep as you are, yeah? As long as you remember that, everything will be all right. Well, I'll be getting along. Want to get a good night's sleep so I can get up early in the morning to enjoy the hanging. You going? Yeah, no, 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 no. I, no, I don't want to see it. Yeah, shoot yourself. I wouldn't miss it for nothing. Night, Silk. Yeah, so long. Yeah. So you are. Uh-huh. Hey, what do you want? Where'd you come from? We hide behind the curtain here, senor. I thought we might hear something interesting in your room, hombre. And it seems I was right. You didn't hear anything. There wasn't anything to hear. The conversation between you and Lynch was very enlightening, hombre. Very. Was it you who killed Senor Trask or Lynch? It was him. I thought so. You would not have the nerve. You, know, you can't prove it. Nobody will believe you. Cisco. Yes, senor. He's right. <laughs> we not can prove it. So why we not kill him to learn him a lesson? <laughs> and then we go get supper, huh? Uh, it's a good idea, Pancho. <laughs> but if we kill him... Then there is nobody to tell the judge that Lynch did the murder. But he not tell anyway. Will you, senor? Hey, no, he, you can't scare hey, me. You but... see, Cisco? <laughs> he not tell. There's no reason to let him live. See, you are right, Pancho. He's a great pity. The senor is a brave man. He will die to protect his friend. Hey, now, wait a minute. Now, I now, salute no, your courage, senor. 
Poncho, uh, do you want to kill him or shall I? No, 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 no. Maybe, you maybe, maybe the best shot, Cisco. Let Poncho try first, <laughs> and then you finish the job. But quick, Poncho's hungry. No, no, boys, no, uh, please. You say, Poncho. No, 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 hold on. Poncho, I... senor. How can Poncho hit you when you shake this way? Now, Cisco. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'll talk. I'll tell the judge. It wasn't me. It was Lynch. That shot. Where did he come from? Yeah, through the window. He's Lynch. He's getting away. Come on, Pancho. He come close with that shot. Faster, Pancho. The moon goes behind a cloud, we lose him. Santo Pancho, feel that one go by. Why didn't I shoot at you for a change, Cisco? I get him? No, no. Save the ammunition. My guns are empty. You have all the bullets. I, uh, what is the matter? Was Pancho's last shot, too? You mean we both have empty guns? See? And Pancho have an empty stomach, too. Yeah, right, Pastor. Uh, for what? You think he have a sandwich? Oh, no, but we must catch him. Ay, Pancho, there goes my sombrero. With empty guns, you want to catch a good shot like this? Pancho, look. Huh? Lynch's horse is stumbled. See, he's falling off. Quick, catch up before he can get up. Too late. Pick it up now. Oh, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, hold up, slow down, Lobo. Keep away or I'll plug you. Don't come no closer. I got a bead on you. But you forget, senor. We have our guns on you. Cisco, you forget. Shh, get up, Pancho. Pick up, no, get No bullets. Only you and I know that. He thinks our guns are loaded. If you want to keep on living, you'll throw them guns down. Oh, no, senor. We give you the chance. Throw your guns down and surrender, and we do not shoot you. You're bluffing. You know I can get one of you before you get me. Then call the bluff. I dare you to shoot. I... And what was he shoot at Pancho? Well, uh, I guess we're deadlocked. But I can wait it out just as long as you can. But sooner or later, you get tired, senor. I give you one sporting chance. Yeah. See, we all throw our guns away. And you and I, we fight it out with our fists. See, it's a big bargain, senor. We throw away three guns, you only throw away one. Yeah, and then it'll be two to one against me. Oh, is that now, Lynch? But I give you my word, Pancho will not interfere. If you win, he will let you go free. For that, Pancho? Oh, see, si, see. Si. Pancho rather eat and chase you. It's ten hours and seven minutes in sober time. I proved to you, senor. See, si, my gun. There, it go. All right. I'll take your word for it, Cisco. There's my gun. And there are mine. Now, get off that horse and fight. That is just what I want to do. Mister, this is the sorriest bargain you ever made. I'll mess up that handsome piece of yours in about one minute. Starting now. <laughs> Maybe we change the look of your face. Senor. <laughs> ah, bravo, Cisco. Already you changed his nose. Uh, fighting's my business, hombre. Mother <laughs> means this is not so good, eh, senor? You want some more fight, amigo? Come on. Steal and slug it out. <laughs> See what you did for ten pills, senor? Enough, Lynch? No. Then here is more. There. No? He lies still. Uh, get up. Get up or give up. What you do, huh? I got enough. I give up. Bueno. Pancho, get this on your horse. We must treat him with respect. From now on, he is a guest. A guest? Si. A guest of the sheriff.
Cisco, I... I guess it just ain't no way of thanking you for what you've done, but... Wait, you know how I feel. Hungry? Quieto, Pancho. See, Bob, I know. We do not talk of it anymore, huh? Well, I just can't forget that if it hadn't have been for you two, why... I'd have been the one they hung for killing Trask, instead of Lynch. Lynch? <laughs> Was an unlucky name for that hombre, huh? Yeah. Lynch. Is there ever anything I can do for either one for of us, you? For us, there is nothing. But there is something I wish you to do for yourself, Bob. Oh? Huh? What you mean? The next time you feel like gambling, just change your mind. Eh? Oh, don't you worry. Close as I come to losing this ranch, well... That learned me better than to get mixed up in that stuff again. Bueno. Now you got the ranch back again. Everything is fine for everybody. For you, Roberto. And for Cisco, maybe things is fine. But for Pancho? Mm-hmm. Oh, what is the matter with you, Pancho? You two talk so much, you forgot the most important thing. What you mean? When we eat. Oh, Pancho. Oh, Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> And so ends another exciting adventure with O. Henry's famous Robin Hood of the West, the Cisco Kid. Sure to listen again for another thrilling adventure of The Cisco Kid. Cisco Kid was played by Jack Mather, Pancho by Harry Lang. Stay tuned for The Red Skelton Show next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for The Red Skelton Show. Hollywood, the Raleigh Cigarette Program, starring Red Skelton with David Forrester and his orchestra, our singing star Anita Ellis, Gigi Pearson, Verna Felton, Pat McGee, and Wonderful Smith, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. It's moisturized, the new, all-new, Raleigh 903 cigarette. Listen. That jet of fresh, pure moisture stands for the new, different, moisturized Raleigh 903. New blend, new taste, new freshness. It's the new, all-new, moisturized Raleigh 903. (laughs) 
it's a pleasure to bring you Metro Golden Mayor's popular comedian and the star of the Raleigh Cigarette Program, Red Scout. <laughs> Thank you very much, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, did you have a nice Easter red? Uh, uh, right? Yes, Rod, I did. <laughs> I mean, Rod. <laughs> Were you in the Easter parade, Red? Was I? No. Well, it was colorful. They walked down Wilshire Boulevard dressed to kill. Yeah, and the California drivers did their best to help them out, too. <laughs> Say, have you been over to Clyde Beatty's Circus yet? Well, I'm a little too old for that, but I am taking my son, Ricky. Yeah, you and that Ricky. <laughs> oh, boy. What a gag with this guy. This is the truth. This is the truth. Everything, anytime he wants anything, it's for his son, Ricky. Like he wanted an electric train. He said, I'm going to get that for Ricky, you know. <laughs> he's going to the circus, now he's going to take Ricky. I bet you can't wait till he's old enough to go to a burlesque show, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love circuses. I used to be with them. You did? Yep. I love circuses. Mm-hmm. Well, I sure enjoy those girls doing a ballet on horseback. I suppose you've done that, too, huh? Yeah, every time I go riding, I never use a saddle, though. It's right there underneath me, but I never use it. <laughs> well, that's funny. I heard you rode like you were part of the horse. I do. The part he's trying to get rid of. <laughs> well, you know, circuses are really wonderful, aren't they? Huh? I say circuses are really wonderful, aren't well, they? Well, if I say no, you're really messed up. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, Beatty gave me a pass, you know. Well, that was nice of him. Yeah, uh, what's nice about it? I had to carry water all afternoon. <laughs> well, speaking of clowns, Red, weren't you the youngest clown with the Hagenbeck Wallace Circus when you were just a youngster? That's right, Rod. I was only 13 years old. I was, that was just five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spoke with Poodles Hannaford the other day, and he said that you had absolutely the funniest clown makeup of anyone he'd ever seen. That's right, I did. What'd you put on your face? Nothing. <laughs> but I sure love circuses, Rod. Did you make much money with the circus? Rod? No, all I was paid off with was experience and teaching. Well, what did you learn? It's better to get paid off in money. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Rod, seriously, the circus is still the most glamorous branch of show business. It's a fairyland for the young. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And childhood memories are brought back just for that day. And after this city of wonders have left your village... You look at the vacant lots where yesterday the big top and the red wagons were. And you promise yourself that you're going to stay young. So that next year you'll be able to drink the pink lemonade and eat popcorn. And be awed by the magic beauty of the circus. And you say to yourself, I'm going to work hard like kids do. And I'm going to play like kids do. I'm going to accept the good in my fellow man like kids do. Because if I become prejudiced and greedy... I'll become old, and then I'll feel conspicuous when the circus comes to town. So that's good, Red. Yeah, great clown said that, Rod. Who? My dad. Anita Ellis sings hard tax, a uh, heartaches, heartaches. <laughs> heartaches, heartaches, my loving you meant only heart. 
face Your kiss was such a sacred thing to me I can't believe it's just a burning memory Heartaches, heartaches What does it matter how my heart breaks I should be happy with someone new But my heart aches for you What does it matter how my heart breaks? I should be happy with someone new. What Scrapbook of Satire. You feel better? <laughs> Page one. <laughs> Things we never knew about buses. of Tobacco Road. <laughs> well, sure, I sure like my new job, driving this city bus here. I used to drive for another bus company, but they fired me. They didn't think it looked good to have a greyhound driven by a guy that looked like a quarter spaniel. <laughs> yes, sir, driving a bus would be a pretty good job if it weren't for the passengers. I'm telling you, some passengers call bus drivers things I wouldn't call a golf ball. Well, it's about time to start my run now. Oh, here comes the passenger. Well, howdy doody there. Howdy, do you drive this bus? Well, you might call it that, but certain cab drivers I run into phrase it a little differently. Well, uh, I'd like to get an interview for my newspaper. Oh? Yes, some inside information on how buses are operated. You're not Sheila Graham, are you? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, tell me, have you ever been interviewed before? Well, if it's anything like having my distemper shots, yes. <laughs> I just want a couple of paragraphs yeah. on your experiences driving a bus. Yes, uh, for instance, now, what's your name? Uh, Clint Kedidlehopper. Kedidlehopper? Yep. <clears throat> Who were you named after? Uh, I was named after my folks decided I was human. <laughs> You say you're a newspaper man? Uh, I didn't catch your name. I'm Brown from the Sun. You look pale as a ghost. 
too fast for him. He didn't get it. <laughs> what are some of the secrets of you bus drivers? Well, we have certain rules that we live by. First, we must keep a perfect time schedule. Picking up passengers is secondary, you know. <laughs> well, uh... What are some of the rules that bus drivers live by? Well, we have to watch for the passengers who whistle at us in the middle of the block, see? Then we stop at the next corner. And we wait till they get about three feet from the door, then we slam it in their face and drive away. Doesn't that make a passenger angry? It helps. Another little trick we use is on the rainy days. When it's raining, why, we never pull close to the curb, see? We make the passengers step in the gutter before they get on the bus. What's the reason for that? Well, the fares are so low, it's the only way we can soak them. You're kind of stupid, aren't you? Oh, I wouldn't say that. I'm smart enough to know I'm ignorant. Well, what are some of the things that annoy bus drivers? Well, uh, for instance, when a passenger gives us a $10 bill, we give him all pennies and change. Why? Hmm? Why? Anybody that would give a bus driver $10 don't have much sense, but when I get through with them, they got plenty. <laughs> Another little trick we use is to be sure that when we come to the safety zone, we look for the section where the most men are standing, and we make our uh, stop at that point. Why? so that the men can get the choice seats before the women. I guess chivalry is dead, eh, Mr. Cadiddlehopper? Hmm? I said chivalry is dead. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Should I send flowers, maybe? Is it true that the bus is checked before each operation? Yes, sir, especially the brakes. I can stop on a dime. How often do you do that? Every time I see a dime. <laughs> Are you drivers courteous? No, we're human like everybody else. <laughs> Are the bus drivers held responsible for their buses? Well, no. The only thing we're expected to do is that in the summertime, be sure that the windows are glued so they can't be opened. <laughs> and in the window, winter, be sure that they're nailed so they can't be closed. And then once a week, we are required to go down to the city dump, and we get some old fish and rubber boots and old leather and stuff like that. What for? Uh, we burn it. And then that smoke is mixed with the fumes from the exhaust pipe, and it's turned on when the bus is crowded. Well, uh, Mr. Cadiddlehopper, thank you very much. This has been a very educational interview. It has? Yes, it has. Well, I wish you'd have told me sooner I'd have paid attention. <laughs> Page two, the reason why men should work in department stores. Go on, blow your top. Go ahead. Yeah, I got to get a present from my girl, and there's nobody in here but women clerks. Oh, good afternoon. Could I wait on you? No, thanks. I'll wait for one of the men clerks. Oh, it's all right. What do you wish to see, some lingerie? Oh, what you said. <laughs> I only said lingerie. Oh, you said it again. <laughs> oh, my, you are brazen, aren't you? <laughs> well, now, don't be like that. Oh, guys. Take your head out of that waste paper basket and tell me what you want. Oh, okay. Oh, would you like to see something in a bathing suit? <laughs> a friend of yours? <laughs> 
what are your girls' measurements? Well, uh, oh, we'll go down this list. Uh, uh, next. If she's had a couple of beers, yeah. <laughs> How tall is she? Well, she's about my height when she's kneeling down. <laughs> See, I wish you had men clerks here. I... <laughs> well, I've never seen anyone so bashed. Oh, you ought to see my brother. He thinks girls are foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> my brother was more bashful than me. In fact, he won a prize once for being the most bashful man in college, you know. Oh, what was the prize? Well, we don't know. He was too bashful to go up and get it. <laughs> You never even whistled at a girl. Yes, I did. I did indeed during the war. Oh, point. were you in uniform? I was a third lieutenant. What? <laughs> they didn't have third lieutenants. They did when they saw me. <laughs> well, uh, did this girl stop when you whistled at her? Stop? She dropped dead, huh? <laughs> Look, I guess I'll have to get uh, something for my girl, won't well, I? Well, um, how about something like this? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no. Put it down, put it down, put it down. Well, would you like something like this? Oh, no. Oh, good heavens. I should have never left Boston. Come on, stop acting so silly. Uh-oh. Come on, get up off the floor. And don't put your head under the rug. It isn't healthy. Oh, look, don't you have any men clerks in this store? Only in the hardware department. Well, that's where I'm going. I hope she'll like a buzz song. <laughs> Forrester and his Raleigh Cigarette Orchestra play, we could make such beautiful music.
for the little boy with a big bargain. Well, here I am, Joey Leone. If anybody's got a weak ticker, now's your chance to check out of here. You see, now what can I do today? And I'm here all alone. I know I go. I'm going to call somebody on the telephone. Hello, hello, hello. Number, please. Uh, operator, could you put down your sign long enough to get me to fire department? <laughs> Fire department. Hello, fire department. That's What's cooking? What I <laughs> <laughs> What's cooking? You wasn't there for a minute. <laughs> this is Junior. I thought I'd tell you that I got a new chemistry set, and you better keep tomorrow night open. You back home already, Emma? Yes. Have you been good? Yes, I has been good. Boy, about an hour ago, I was going to bite that little Dick Thorpe across the street, you know. Little Witcher Thorpe over there. And I used my willpower, and I didn't do it. Why, that's wonderful, yeah. Junior. If he ever puts down that baseball bat, I'm going to bite his head off. <laughs> oh, what are you doing with that box of matches and pile of paper in the middle of the floor? Boy, you don't have no imagination at all, does you? Well, just for that, you don't get the bean shooter I brought home. You bought me a bean shooter? Yes. A real bean shooter? Yes. The atomic uranium model? Yes. That you send beans without reloading? Yes. You wouldn't have one if you gave it to me. <laughs> nah, them, you, the tricks you pull on us kids, you know. You go out and you buy us something, then, you know, like a bean shooter. And then if we, we break something, you get us a whipping. Oh, no, kiddo, I wise to you. Now, I had one of these when I was a little girl, yeah? and I never broke anything with it. Bad shot, huh? I'll show you what kind of a shot I am. Yeah? You see that pack of rollies on the table? Yeah. Well, watch this, my boy. <laughs> you let all the moisture out of it. <laughs> Goodness, feel the vapor in the place now. Goodness. Hey, look, hey, you look, though. I'll bet you can't hit nothing without looking. Close your eyes and do it the hard way, boy. Let's see you do that. All right, I'll do yeah. it with my eyes closed. Yeah. Give it the old Frank Bozzegi shot there. No. Am I aiming right, Junior? No, a little more to the left. A little oh, more to the well, left. How's this? Let me see now. Uh, Whoop, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I waited a long time for an opportunity like this. <laughs> okay, let her go. Here goes. Look at the goldfish dancing on the piano key. <laughs> Boy, that was a good oh, one. Well, I'd better clean this mess up. Yeah. Oh, I have a million things to do. Go see what time it is by the clock. Okay, I'm going to go see what time it is. I'm going to see what time it is. I'm going to see what time it is. I know, Grandfather Clark. Well, Junior? Well, the widow hand is on four, and the big hand is on the widow hand. Well, that ought to be easy. What time do you think it is? Time I stop putting glue on the widow hand. <laughs> Just for that, hmm? you can pay for the repairs on the clock out of your allowance each week. Huh? It's going to cost you two dollars. Well, that sounds reasonable. What does it mean? It means forty nickels. Forty? Let's not get hysterical, kid. <laughs> Goodness, I ain't had a cent on me since I lost me pet skunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll raise your allowance to six cents a week. Well, thanks, Sporty. 
<laughs> well, you're going to pay every penny just the same. Yeah, well, you just go ahead and choose me. I don't care. You can choose me, and I will run away, you know. I was going to run away last week. I did. I ran away, and you didn't know nothing about it. You ran away? I got a lot of little cookies and everything. I put in a little handkerchief, and I said, I'm going to run away. And I started out, and I went... I started out to... Feel kind of stupid when you talk and it's not there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, anyhow, I said I'm going to run away. So I put my little package under my arm and I went around the block eight times. Eight times I went around the block. Finally, the policeman on the corner, he looked at me and he said, What are you doing? And I said, I was running away from home. And he says to me, Why do you keep going around the block? And I said, I'm not allowed to cross the street. <laughs> Somebody's at the door, somebody's at the door. Oh, boy, what a surprise. I didn't hear them. Uh, my booby trap in the front yard go off. I wonder how... Well, that... now, who do you suppose that is? Well, I know it ain't Grandpa. He's still got three days to serve, you know. <laughs> I'll go see who it is. I'll go see. Welcome to Nightmare Alley. Well, hello, I'm the junk man. Well, I'm the little guy to keep you in business. <laughs> so have you got any old newspapers or magazines or rugs or old iron? Or maybe old bottles. Well, I see. <laughs> there you it. Hmm. Now, what have you got in your other pocket? <laughs> well, you no. okay. Oh, my, the junk man. Oh. Junior, go outside and play. No, I want to stay and see what you get rid of. I said outside. No, you let me stay or I'm going to hit myself in the head with this book here. Your head with that book, you'll lose my place. Yeah. Here, use this encyclopedia. Yeah. Now get outside. No, now you let me stay here. I'm going to tell you. You'll tell what? I'll tell everybody that you used to be a wild woman with a circus. Why, I was no such thing. Oh, no. No. Hey, Bernard, the crowd gathering. Okay, lock the cage and throw me a bone. <laughs> Oh, 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 you hit me, you hit me. You give me a cauliflower ear, you did. You've not got a cauliflower ear. Yeah. Well, don't tell me that's lettuce. <laughs> Junior, stop being silly. No. Uh, do you have any junk, lady? Yes, I'm cleaning up the attic. You're not going to take him up in the attic where you got Grandpa chained, is you? Your grandfather is not chained in the attic. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting he's in the basement off for good behavior. This <laughs> but the last time, you go outside. Oh, 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 you hit me. Now that's the second time you hit me. You just like to beat me. Oh, oh. come. I'll show you, you what I have to time. sell. You hurt me with a feeling. Uh, yes, ma'am. You hurt me feeling. You hurt me feeling, Gamma. Gamma, you hurt my feeling. <laughs> well, I guess I'm losing my old technique on her life. Oh, the phone. Oh, the I phone. I'll get it. I'll get it. Isn't it wonderful? Radio is really wonderful. Strike or no strike, we got telephones, you know. <laughs> Now's my chance to help that man up in the, in the attic. I'm going up there to see you. You, 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 you. Hey, hello there, mister. Yes. Hey, uh, do, do you buy violins? Why, yes. Uh, what sort of condition is it in? It's brand new. I'm going to get it Friday. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, look at that old trunk. I wonder what's in it. Well, my name says it's the boogeyman's in there. But you know the boogeyman ain't in there, don't you? Yes, because he saw me one day and ran away. <laughs> 
Open it up. Open it up. Okay. Look at that. Say, ain't that something? Yes, I sure sir. would like to have that. Oh, no, no, you don't. My, my grandma says she wouldn't sell that for a million dollars. I'll give you a nickel for it. Well, every man has his own price, so... <laughs> yeah. Boy, am I lucky. You can't get stuff like this every day. No. So long. Hurry up, don't ask me that much. Well, what happened to the junk man, Junior? He gave me a nickel and went away. Well, what did you sell him? Hmm? What did you sell him? Oh, I just sold him an old worn-out hundred-pound bag of sugar, was all. What? Oh! Nemo, get up off the floor. What's the matter, Nemo? It was only sugar. Goodness, you think I sold him a stick of bubble gum or something? We hope you liked our program well enough to be with us again next Tuesday night. So until next Tuesday, then. This is Greg Skelton saying goodbye now. Thanks for listening and thanks for buying Rawlings. Red Skelton is brought to you by the makers of Raleigh Cigarettes. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Johnny Dollar, followed by the Great Gildersleeve. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.